time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey everybody and welcome. It's Christy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies and we are here. This is episode number three of our brand new podcast where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton. I mean a ton of coffee, but most importantly, we... We hug our chickens every day. Every day. Don't forget to hug your chicken. We're brewing coffee today from our local coffee house, Coffee Coffee in Bel Air, Maryland. And what flavor are we brewing today, Holly Ann? Almond Joy. We keep going back to that flavor. It's very good. It is very good. Their coffee is very fresh and it's so delicious. If you're local, head over, get a cup. You will not be disappointed. If you're not, you can shop online. We have their website in our show notes. So yeah, give them a hit. How are you doing today? Okay, a little crazy, you know. It is. Christmas shopping, baking cookies. Are you doing your cookies yet? I have to do them soon. This weekend, maybe. This is the time of year where you never sit down. No, it's true. It's crazy. I'm running here, running there. It's a little slower without having the kids in the Mm -hmm. actual school building. Right. So it makes it a little bit easier, but we've just been crazy with the holidays. Do you find it's um, taking more of your time to have to shop online? It's a little harder because I'm that type of shopper that likes to touch and feel things. I know. I mean, I like to be in. I remember. The hunt. <laughs> <laughs> like if it's a sweater, I've got to feel how soft it sure. feels. So online shopping is good for me. Like if I know exactly what I want, mm-hmm. I've already seen it. Right. So it's a little harder for me to yeah. envision something. But we did manage to squeeze in the thrift shop today. That might have happened. <laughs> in our defense, we were just looking for more vintage chicken things. Which we did find. We did. Mm-hmm. How, how are we that lucky that we always keep finding these things? And we have an eye for it. But we have to go back. We have a thrift store that's in our local area that has a very large red rooster he that is not for me. sale. Right, And I've, I've said in previous episodes that I'm a sucker for vintage chicken things. This rooster is classic 1950s, mid-century modern Japanese import. Up on top of this bookshelf. Yes, he's huge. He's red with green wattles and combs. He's everything I love in a giant chicken statue, and I covet him. And he's not for sale. He's not for sale. <laughs> they denied you. Well, then we can start talking about um, a chicken that we can have. <laughs> Which brings us into this week's Breed Spotlight. This week we're doing the Dominique. The Dominique. Mm-hmm. Such a fancy, like posh name. The Dominique. It is for um, a very, well, they're pretty little chickens. They're, um, they're not I flashy. like them. I like them too. I have one. Dolly Madison is my I lone love, Dominique. I love little Dolly. Mm-hmm. She's very pretty. I didn't know anything about the breed before. I mean, I'd seen them seen it mentioned because the Dominique is credited with being the oldest chicken breed in the United States. That's right. So I didn't really know much about her. She was given to me along with a Swedish flower hen. And when I started doing research, um, I found that they're called a lot of different names. So we know them as the Dominique. Sometimes they were called the Pilgrim Chicken. Pilgrim Fowl, I found. Pilgrim Fowl. Um, they were also very confusingly called Plymouth Rocks at one point too. Yeah, because basically the the myth that goes along with them is that they came across with the pilgrims. Mm-hmm. 
and that they were brought from England over to us and hence the first chicken of America. Right. Most livestock historians think that Dominique came through San Domingue, which is modern day Haiti, okay. which is where the French name came from. Um, and apparently they were an extremely popular homestead chicken breed on uh, early U.S. farms on the East Coast. So there's all these different myths about where they came from. But the number one thing is that they're our first chicken of America. And I mean, they're really pretty. And you know what? They remind me of Bard Rocks because Bard Rocks came from them. Bard Rocks came from them. That's right. Um, the One of the major differences between the Dominique and the Bard Rock, the physical aside, which we're going to talk about in a minute, right. is the fact that the Dominique is so old, it's currently on the Livestock Conservancy's watch list. Okay. So it's no longer critically endangered no longer even considered threatened it's on the watch list which means it could go one way or the other so we gotta watch it we gotta watch it (laughs) we gotta watch it we gotta make sure it doesn't go on that other side right so so they're a medium-sized chicken and they have um they're barred right but they're not as straightforward as the barred rocks per se um they're more of an irregular kind of barring Mm -hmm. um staggered um, closer so that their color looks more of a dark color versus seeing that white right. as much. And they have the rose comb. Which, as story says way back, they had a single end of rose comb. Mm-hmm. Which kind of says, oh, okay, maybe that's where the barred rock gets single right. comb from. Apparently in 1874, the American Poultry Association uh, put the, the Dominique in the standards of perfection as having a rose comb. And at that point, the barred rock had to have the single comb. So right. that's where the two of them diverged. They, yes. Um, anecdotally, the barred rock is supposedly a cross between the Dominique and a Java chicken, which is a, a beautiful black chicken. Which would be a perfect chicken for us. Yes, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the Java chicken. So the rose comb um, is, is sort of tight and more flat to the head. It has a little bit of a tail, a little spike on the end. Which is really good for cold weather areas. Yes. Um, it's a little bit resistant to frostbite, which mm-hmm. we all love to hear, chicken keepers. Yes, we us. do. We don't want to be looking out for those combs that get frostbite. So that's a good, good thing about Dominique. It is. Um, I noticed early on with Dolly, actually, I fell in love with Dolly shortly after I got her because her personality is absolutely fabulous. Um, And I have noticed that she is pretty cold hardy, but she tolerates the heat pretty well, too. I have a lot of heavyweight breeds. I was going to say, because she's more in that medium size. She is. She's definitely more in the medium size. The other thing I love about this, this breed is that they're sweet. We love those sweet chickens. Oh, my goodness fantastic personality a pretty easy keeper she's a decent forager she gets along well with almost everyone in the flock from the bullies down to the super sweet girls that's good which is probably why they were so incredibly popular on early small farms the other thing that i found which i thought was really interesting was after world war one with they survived the great depression because mm-hmm. they were thought of as a very hardy thrifty chicken they are so the other thing that i found is that their popularity has gone up and down in the years since mm-hmm. an interesting fact that i found is in the 70s the livestock conservancy um had a program where they had flock owners um, participate in a breeding so mm-hmm. they're trying to build them back up which is very good sometimes we need to do this with the chicken yes this is a wonderful breed. It's not one that we would want to lose. Um, they're very good layers on top of being sweet. How many eggs do you get a week? I probably get four, sometimes five eggs a week from Dolly. She's That's a, awesome. an excellent layer. She stops laying 
pretty late, you know, as we as we move into the winter months. Uh, I'm sorry, as we move into the fall months and we have less light. Yeah. She's one of the last to stop laying. She's one of the first to start laying. Nice. In, in the late winter, early spring. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Dolly's never gone broody, but apparently about about half of your Dominique hens will go broody. Okay. Which is wonderful if you decide you want to breed this chicken for conservation. Yes. So, I mean, with all those things, it might be, it looks like to me, the Dominique would be a good fit for a backyard flock. We looked up some places where you could find some information. Mm -hmm. Once again, we can't stress enough, like you can go on Facebook groups, you could potentially find breeders local to your area right where you can find these chickens if you're interested in them the livestock conservancy <laughs> also has a breeder's directory they do i've also found them at my pet chicken which is lovely if you're ordering um, a mixed flock okay you could uh, include a few dominiques in there uh, i really can't say enough about how sweet they are they're just funny sweet little chickens that's awesome you can't go wrong with that type of personality in a chicken especially with having kids around them and stuff no i have heard anecdotally um and um listeners if any of you um have this experience let us know i've heard anecdotally that the roosters can be on the aggressive side okay if they think you're messing with their hens they Which will get you most roosters naturally are going to do that right right um i have i don't have any experience with a uh, dominique rooster i will say that they're absolutely gorgeous the barring on those long tail feathers they're beautiful birds some of the roos that we have seen through our instagram feed are absolutely mm -hmm. gorgeous mm -hmm. i think we've seen some of the dominique come through i, I know we've seen barred rocks hank the roo is one of our favorite accounts yes. is hank i think he's a barred rock i think he's a barred rock but a dominique rooster would not be too far off from hank no he would be yeah some of the i mean the roosters are absolutely gorgeous mm -hmm. and so when you have a sweet little bird like my dolly a dominique and she's in a mixed flock sometimes she gets picked on oh man i've had way too much experience with this and that brings us to, to our, our next stop bullies and boredom busters mm -hmm. that's that's our main topic for the week that we want to just talk about since we're going into winter months and this is when these things tend to show up. Sometimes if it's bitterly cold out, we have all the good intentions in the world to be out there as much as we are when it's 65 degrees. Yeah, yeah I don't have any intentions of being out there when it's 20 degrees. <laughs> so when it's 20 degrees, it's really, really hard to be out there with them. So I've had some experience with this. It's not fun. No. And uh, ours have had, we've had plenty of room, but what it is is if one gets sick, mm -hmm. then the other ones tend to bully that one. Right. If you're a new chicken keeper and you haven't experienced this yet, it's essentially what we're saying is that all flocks have a pecking order. Yes. That's where that expression comes from. The kings and the queens are, are usually the leaders because of their seniority, their age, sometimes because their size, right. and sometimes just because they have a dominant personality. Exactly. Um, and some breeds tend to be more dominant than others. If you do your own research on breeds and you look up, that will come out sometimes that they are not a good mix with, mm -hmm. with a mixed flock. Right. So you have to really look at that. I have a lot of different types, as mm -hmm. you do. Right. So everybody has to kind of learn to get along with one another. They do. And I will say that my sweetheart Brahmas are always at the bottom of the pecking order. Always, always. In our flock, we had four Americanas, which unfortunately have passed. They were always at the bottom of the pecking order. Well, you had a chicken with medical issues recently who was out of the flock for a while. I did. We had Drusilla, your goddaughter, <laughs> who had an injury. So 
And, but we we did manage to get her back in. We did manage to get her back in the flock. It was it was actually really interesting to me. I'd never seen a chicken be out of a flock. She was out of the flock close to a month. Six weeks. Six weeks. So longer than a month. And just as a side note, let me tell you something about Chrissy with her chickens. <laughs> she went away on vacation and brought Drusilla to me because Drusilla had to have um, bandage Special changed. Care, yes. Yeah. I'm going to put a picture on our on our Instagram feed and our Facebook <laughs> of what it looks like when Chrissy brings a chicken to visit for a week. She she had to come fully equipped to Aunt she Holly. She had a full piece. entourage. She had more <laughs> luggage than I ever take anywhere. Anyway. It was fun. So, yeah. So, it, you'll find out, someone who's newer in this, that if you have an injury or an illness, chickens don't like to see weakness. And they will try to... It's a survival instinct. Take it out. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with Drusilla. She, has a, she had a leg injury. And she was out for six weeks. But that chicken is back in. And I, I would say that's because Morans tend to be a more dominant breed in they, general, personality-wise. Well, her and her sister were named stepsisters from Cinderella. Because, <laughs> <laughs> so Drusilla and Anastasia. Mm-hmm. So they were two of the bulliers. And right. then it happened to her. So I, I would say that you tend to see bullying, as you mentioned, when there's a chicken that's sick. Right. And sometimes the flock knows there's something wrong with them before we know there's something Which wrong with them. Which has also happened to me. Right. I've seen birds be bullied during molting. Yes. Interestingly enough, sometimes the molting hen will be the top girl. And then when she's miserable with a molt, the other girls will start to pick on her. And I've also seen this. You can have a chicken be bullied for a different reason and then push it into a molt because it's stressed sure yeah so it all it it all goes Mm -hmm. back around so you know it happens for whatever reason it's just just changing flock dynamics bringing new birds in moving other birds out sometimes you throw a rooster in that mix and it all goes downhill which i have not done yet Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just plain old boredom Right. There's no grass. There's nothing for them to do. So we figured we would look and do some research on some boredom busters and things that we do normally. Yeah. Well, the first thing, depending on the circumstances, if it's someone that's just bullying beyond what I think is acceptable, I give them a chicken timeout. I do too. Okay. So we have a separate area mm-hmm. that I kind of have to watch because it's a smaller cage right. area, but they have to come out. Yeah, so I've taken them out. I've never had anyone out for more than a few days. Um, I've read people that have them out for a couple of weeks. Right. If it's, you know, the top girl in a flock and she's just really... Relentless. Relentless, she needs to come out. And sometimes you have a power shift in that time. Right. And when you put her back in, it may be better. Sometimes that doesn't work. Right. Sometimes you end up putting up a whole other coop and yard. Uh, We've all been there also. Yes, (laughs) but that's another story. We've used dog crates. We've used the soft-sided pop-ups. Right, which are my favorites. Right, and actually both of our big yards that have the most chickens in them have small pens built within the run to separate someone. You can even put the small pop-up pens in there. You can. Mm -hmm. So you can, they can be still in there and... I've also used the garage to put up the sure. small pens to mm-hmm. keep them complete, if it's weather appropriate, Yeah, uh, to keep them separate. Right. So definitely those types of things. So boredom can cause the bullying. Right. So I found something really interesting the other day, which uh-huh. I never knew existed. And then I was like on the phone with you, like, did you know this existed? <laughs> and it's hen toys. Yes. 
Have you heard of these before? No, I had heard of people, you know, adapting dog toys. Parrot toys. Right. Like for Grayson. Exactly, right. But I, I was unaware of the fact that there were hen specific toys. We love this. So you could go on Amazon yes. and search hen toys, you which can. blew my mind. I was like, you've got to be <laughs> kidding me. Like, I had to check them all out. Why like, not? Well, some of them are just adaptations of dog or parrot toys that exactly. just work better for hens. Right. So we have some favorites. I'm right? like, I'm going to buy them the whole line for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you always wonder what you're going to buy your hens for what Christmas. you get your hens for Christmas? Well, they get hen toys from Santa, of course. So they had <laughs> these really cool, like, you can stuff, like, um, vegetables. They had paper. I'm not really keen on them chewing on paper myself me either because that could be something that could get kind of gooey in the crop Mm -hmm. but you could put anything in it it's just something they can peck at to put you could put scratch in there yeah i saw several different variations of essentially what is a container with holes or slits right that you can fill with veggies or fruit yeah and hang it and they can spend their time pecking at that and then they had the spear where you could stab the cabbage and the fruit Mm -hmm. which you know what i do i take twine Mm-hmm. And then a screwdriver. Joe always laughs at this. I'm like out there with this huge flathead screwdriver, like <laughs> going through this cabbage. And he's like, I don't even want to know what you're doing. And I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. So I put that through mm-hmm. and then run the twine through and then tie it to the coop. Are you doing a thicker twine so that it's something they won't try to eat? Yeah, they yeah. don't try to eat it. In fact, you go back there like an hour later, the twine's like to the side and the cabbage, they're just okay, all about they've the gotten cabbage. it out. Okay. It moves. So that they have to peck at uh-huh. it. That one. I've tried yeah. I've done that myself. The other thing that is like the most obvious, supervised free play. I call it that. Yeah. Free range. I, I say free play because I send the kids out there in gloves, hats, <laughs> scarves. It's twenty five degrees. Go play with those yeah, chickens. We're not in an area of the country or the world where you can just let your chickens out for the day because they will not come back. You wouldn't have chickens more than a few days. Right. We are so inundated with predator pressure we have a lot of predators around so here. around here if you want to keep your chickens you have to do supervised you have to do supervised free range free mm-hmm. ranging if not you will not have chickens right so i send the kids out mm-hmm. of course they're 10 and 15 right but they're like it's cold i'm like gloves bundle up men, go out there <laughs> and supervise them while they free range because right. they like to forage even in the winter they do mm-hmm. they can find you, you can see them finding bugs. I would think if you had a really active chicken, say from a Mediterranean breed, mm-hmm. that they really would need a decent amount of free range time because they're very active chickens. Yeah, they like to scratch, they like to run around. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the boredom busters is to get yourself all, you know, warmed up and get out there mm-hmm. with a cup of coffee and let them free range and then put them back in mm-hmm. and, and go back in. So that's one of the simple things that you can do. We're spending some time building some more roosts and places in our yard for them to just be able to get up away from each other. And perches. Like you can just find big sticks, put them in. I do logs for more protection around the perimeter on the inside. So they like jump. Yes. A live Christmas, after the season's over, the Christmas tree can provide a little bit. I think we talked about this in a week before barrier from the wind mm-hmm. but it gives them places to jump up sure get under you could hide treats under it uh-huh. so that they can to go around and find them right all these things will help in the long run they do i have also most of the time we let leaves that come down stay where they are oh yeah eventually too. they decompose into mulch but places where i do need to pick up leaves i'll take the piles and put them 
in the yards mm-hmm. and the chickens have the best time just kicking them and scratching through them they like just go and throw them you can throw a handful of treats on the ground and throw the leaves over top and let them pick through that way anything that would take their mind off of just being cold and right. sitting there so it keeps uh, them active it raises their body temperature all of those things straw bales mm-hmm. we talked about using them under so you can have a few that you'd leave in there mm-hmm. that you can throw under at night and then you can take apart one mm-hmm and they like to dig through it again scratching and it also insulates your run floor a little bit it does well the same thing with the leaves as they decompose they sort of you know become more substrate so they're not right on that hard rock floor right so all those different things i even saw a neat idea somewhere of somebody taking a water bottle and filling it with scratch really and just poking a few holes in it and okay. then they poke holes in it and get the scratch out okay so that it's works. just anything to get their mind off of mm-hmm. simple mirror so they can comb their hair and look good <laughs> <laughs> what girl doesn't want to check her I reflection mean, in the mirror when my, she's in the coop mine needs a mirror and a knitted hat i i seriously want to do that a knitted hat they're so cute on them. <laughs> have you seen the helmets? They're like beyond. No, you're right. You know what? I have seen the helmets. Someone texted me a photo of the, the it helmet. It might have been yeah. me. <laughs> Chances are. <laughs> but the knitted hats are so cute. Like I wouldn't do a sweater because that stops them from warming their body. But the knitted hat. Feathers can get stuck in the sweater yeah, too. And the knitted hat would be so cute. This is just a prop. This is not something you leave <laughs> on your chicken. Well, what about with earmuffs? <laughs> I love that. Heavens. <laughs> Out in the snow. I mean, you need a little protection over the You muffs. do. There we go. So those are a lot of our boredom busters. That's, yeah, that's like a fun thing to talk about. I mean, hey, it's like jungle gyms for your chickens. Yeah, we oh, have swings. A, I have swings, two swings. The swings are great. We actually had a silver maple split in half a few weeks back when it was super windy. Yeah. And we're going to cut a big hunk of that. Make and a swing. put it in the no we're not going to make a swing it's going to be more like a jungle gym which is what you were just saying <laughs> i love those jungle gyms so you know they have a you know a variety of perches to climb away yeah i mean it's just making it different for them mm-hmm. i know some people free range so they kind of get that right. out but ours like you said predator wise we cannot There's they would no not way. last long now if you guys have great ideas other than these even we would love to hear them yeah we'd love to hear from you send us some pictures hashtag us tag us in instagram or facebook we're on facebook also we'd love to hear it because i always need something new i'm like right please and the, the girls appreciate it the boys the, appreciate it too yeah oh yeah they're like huh i have to wear this hat mom right are you gonna make them wear a hat no <laughs> I would knit a tiny chicken hat if you feel very strongly that you want one for a, and if, a photo if shoot. If Drew had to come to your house, you know that she would come with, and it were winter, she would Holy come with moly. the hat. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Oh, she even had her little treat ball, everything. She did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? That's, I spoil my chickens, but girl, you take it to a whole nother level. <laughs> it's crazy. So you think we should move on? I think we can. <laughs> to one of our favorites. Yes. Retail therapy. But we haven't cracked the eggs yet. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm already thinking about shopping. It's, I'm like, what the heck? We We're, do need to crack some eggs. We need to crack some eggs. We need to crack some eggs. Mm-hmm. So cracking the eggs, and this is your famous recipe, so you go ahead and explain it. I've been making these cookies since I was a teenager, I think. 
long time. Yeah, these are my famous peanut butter cookies. They're super easy. If you're short on eggs, you know, if your your hens have really slowed down in the laying and eggs are few and far between around your place, and you're taking the walk of shame, this is <laughs> this is a good one <laughs> because a, a two dozen of these cookies only uses one large egg. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's four ingredients: peanut butter, sugar, vanilla, egg. That's it. And if you're gluten and dairy free. Yes, it's naturally gluten and dairy free. Those are the easiest of my cookie recipes. We're gonna put a couple of other cookie recipes up in our show notes. I make all different types of cookies at mm -hmm. Christmas time. So we've had to, throughout the years, take the walk of shame. And I said, <laughs> Joe, I'm like, I'm not going to take the walk of shame. And I'm like, get really good eggs. He's like, oh my gosh. Most cookies, unless you're doing meringues or something like that, most cookies don't use a ton of eggs. No, like usually two eggs yeah, per recipe mm -hmm. that you're gonna do. And then all my neighbors, since we have the chickens, they all get eggs. They all want the cookies from the eggs. Mm -hmm. So they're all looking for them at Christmas time. And then you're like, I better have a winter layer somewhere in there or else we're taking that walk of shame. <laughs> so I usually make like chocolate chips, snickerdoodles, mm -hmm. all kind of cookies. Oh, which... wait, you should put up the snickerdoodle recipe. I, I have that too. Yeah, That's one I've been Ella, making since we are kids. Who's my 10 year old has taken on baking with me. Nice. Yeah, so she's really, really loving it. Well, then why don't we just teach her to make the peanut butter cookies? Yeah, so she doesn't have to ask you to bake them. <laughs> Aunt Holly, you should have brought the peanut butter cookies. They really are good. I mean, I, I get she's where she's coming shy. from. No. No. <laughs> so we've baked our cookies. We've, we have most of our holiday shopping finished, but. I always love shopping. Yeah, me too. <laughs> this uh, is why I want to skip over <laughs> the whole crack in the eggs. <laughs> so we're doing something really fun. Chrissy and I both grew up in a neighborhood. I, I don't know if you would call it an ethnic neighborhood. It was very Catholic. Yeah. And it was sort of Irish, Italian, and Polish families for the most part. Yeah. And so our parents all tended to have these beautiful glass heirloom ornaments for the tree. That you could never touch. You could never touch. That's right. <laughs> That's right. They were always at the very top of the tree. Yes. And you weren't allowed to hang them either. That's right. You had to hang the paper one you made at school. <laughs> <laughs> We, we rebelled when we were a bit easier. We, well, I'm sorry, we rebelled when we were a bit older and we were like, the whole tree's gonna be glass. We're not putting any of these junky school ornaments on and there. And I'm gonna teach the two-year-olds not to touch right. the ornaments, exactly. which is not as easy as it seems. No, no, um, or the dogs either. I mean, so many years I had like a theme tree with like one type of unbreakable ornament when the uh -huh. kids were little. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm not going there. Did you do a full-size tree on the floor or did you put them up on a tabletop? We did a full-size tree, but we did like, snowflakes from the dollar store okay the whole tree yeah so that if they broke something it, it didn't was, matter it didn't matter yeah and we didn't have to worry about saying anything so we're kind of past that now and our really nice ornaments are coming mm -hmm. out nice and that's what you love at christmas time absolutely so for our retail therapy we picked somebody really good old world christmas glass chicken coop ornaments and there's coop ornaments and there's chicken ornaments yes the old world christmas is a company um I think in the 1970s, they started producing blown glass ornaments here in the United States. And you can follow them on Facebook, yes. or Instagram, and they and have a Etsy shop. They do. They And they have all kinds of things. I mean, you need a wiener dog ornament, they have it. <laughs> <laughs> but we found four really gorgeous chicken have something ornaments. to do with chickens. Hey, yeah. you could get a coffee cup and then put a chicken next to it. That would be awesome. You could. It's your We treat. should order that for each other for Christmas. Maybe someone's already ordered something <laughs> like that for Christmas. Maybe I'm the late shopper. <laughs> so I'm um, going to start with the rooster ornament. 
because I actually have him. My mother-in-law gave him to us when we moved into our house as a as a housewarming gift. So, and these the links to these four ornaments that we picked are in our show notes, of course. The rooster is he's on the tall side, beautiful, multicolored, gorgeous guy. We found him. You mentioned the coop, which is I think both of our favorites. That's my all-time favorite. So it's literally a little glass chicken coop with a little chicken in it and flowers around the outside of it. That one's adorable. And then they have two different hens. Yes. There's a brown hen. I think that's the spring hen ornament. I think so. And then there's a white hen on a nest. I like that one too. Again, super cute. These are really beautiful. They work perfect if you're going for that old world Christmas tree theme or if you're a crazy chicken lady and you need a full Christmas Here, this is what I like tree with chickens. Because I'm still going to like people that are close to me, their house. We're trying mm-hmm. to keep socially distant right. and everything. But like my cousin's house and there's only going to be a few of us there. You know, like if these people like chickens, if they're chick, you know, this is a perfect ornament. It is. It's one gift. Right. It's a host, nice hostess gift for somebody mm-hmm. who has chickens. Or if you have chickens, it's a nice gift for yourself. Put it on your Christmas list. If some people, if people are asking you, what, what should I get you? You can get me these beautiful glass chicken ornaments. I have a Pinterest board for my house, for Joe. Do you? Yeah. That's smart. Because I'm like... Don't ask me for ideas. I want to be surprised, but then I'll put 500 ideas on there. (laughs) (laughs) I usually write everything down for Pete and text it to him, but the Pinterest board is just as good. Yeah, and it's fun to pin them. It's like pin, 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 pin. I think I have like, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I think I have like 500 Pinterest boards. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. You are like Sophia. She has like all these Pinterest boards. She's all in it. Sophia's my 15-year-old daughter. So she that's the first thing that she we let her do was get Pinterest. Oh, nice. And she went Pinterest crazy. Well, it, it's pretty. I mean, sometimes when I just can't take the news or day-to-day, I do sort of, I pull up Pinterest and lose myself in pretty pictures. Do you know what it reminds me of when we would get these projects in school? You get the poster board that's huge. And then they would tell you, go through 10 magazines and whatever strikes you instantly. Right, the collages. You mm-hmm. would cut and right. paste on the board. Right. I loved doing those mm-hmm. because it did feel like you were looking inside yourself a little bit yes. when you look back at it. That's what inspiration boards are. People do that But now. that's what Pinterest, to me, it's what it reminds me of. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. So these would be a good thing to put on the Pinterest board. It would be. And, you know, the holiday is fast, fast coming. So if these are something that you're interested in, you may want to go on quickly to order right to make sure that you can get them in time yes they're cool they're worth it they're not that expensive either i mean they're somewhere between what 15 and 25 dollars yeah which i think is pretty normal for glass ornaments definitely and even if you didn't want chicken i'm on the website there's all different kinds all kinds of stuff on there yeah it's really pretty so it's kind of bringing us to the end time to wrap up yeah it's making me sad this one's really fun (laughs) talking about all this stuff next week will be a lot of fun too next week we're going to talk about leg horns oh yeah our main topic is rescue chickens that's always a heart warmer. It, it really is. And our recipe, bread pudding with whiskey sauce. <laughs> Yay. It's going to be Christmas week, so we have to have something yummy, yummy in there. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun um, right before the holiday. Our uh, New Year's Eve episode oh, is going to be pretty you fun, too. retail therapy for next week. Retail therapy for next week What are is... we doing? This is one of my favorites. Oh, this is fun. This is the top <laughs> 10 last-minute gifts for love chicken lovers on love Amazon. Yeah. This one was one of my favorites. I know it was. (laughs) So with that, we'll say goodbye for another week. And don't forget to hug your chicken every day. Bye. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
If you'd like to see more from us, follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. To send us comments, feedback, suggestion, or questions, email us directly, Chrissy and Holly at coffeewiththechickenladies.com. Thanks for listening.